Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. From Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. Since I'm born, I'm hearing that the cinema will die. That's the end of cinema. I heard that about five or six times that, okay, that's it, it's done. It will prevail again. It's just that we need to find a common ground with streaming. Streaming, which is a fantastic uh, way of watching movies. Filmmaker Denis Villeneuve helped bring audiences back to the theaters with his science fiction epic, Dune. The film has received 10 Oscar nominations, including Best Picture, yet shockingly, not one for him as Best Director. I'm Clayton Davis. On this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, Dune director Denis Villeneuve discusses the changing cinematic landscape, the nominations for his film Dune, and what to expect from Dune Part 2. But first, our Award Circuit Roundtable discusses the week's developments as we move closer to Oscar Sunday. It's all next on this edition of the award-winning Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. All right, everyone, we're back here. Michael Schneider with the crew, with the, the peeps, making it happen. Back in the office, except for Jazz. We're all here, everyone. <laughs> Traitor. <laughs> lazy, lazy woman, that Jazz Tankay. Jazz Tankay, hello. Hello. Hello, You're- Sorry. That's all right. You're making the rounds. We we get it. You're busy. Janelle Riley's here, too. Ooh, you mentioned Peeps, and now I'm craving Easter candy. Ew, Peeps are gross. Never had one. Oh. Well, oh. Really. Yeah. <laughs> Never in yeah. my well, life. Well, well, don't, because they're disgusting. Yeah. You're not missing anything. Yeah, this is what everyone tells me. Peeps are delicious, Clayton Davis. <laughs> they're, they're not. I also don't like candy corn. What? You monster. I don't like, I don't like candy corn. I Do you like Cadbury cream eggs? Um, I did when I was a kid. I haven't had it as an adult. They are so I don't perfect know if I still food. Like it. Can I just say I hate American candy? I'm sorry, but oh, I'm right. entitled There's to say that. There's a big thing about how the Brits have better chocolate <laughs> than we do. Yes, we do. Uh-huh. Sorry. Uh, we I, have Reese's peanut butter cups, though. I do kind of agree with Jazz, though. I do <gasps> like the the British candy when you get it, when you go overseas. Or uh, the, you know, the Smarties. The chocolate, the, the candy co- co- coated chocolate, those those kick Eminem's ass. Is this your way yeah. of leading into the BAFTAs talking about British? This candy? is the most anti-American <laughs> conversation ever had on the Award Circuit podcast. And now the BAFTA conversation begins. Yeah, there you go. That's a good segue. So, so what what uh, what do we know now, gang? What what do we know post BAFTAs? We know that the BAFTAs can't air live, and it's dumb. Like, why? Why can't we just watch along with everyone else? That's a good question. It's, it's so the dumb. most annoying thing because it starts, the red carpet is at four. The ceremony starts at whatever, five. It doesn't air till eight. And even when you lived in the UK before social media, you would kind of know who the winners were because the news would announce it. And you're like, 
Why am I watching like a delayed ceremony? And you would think in 2022 they would think of going live, but I I haven't watched a BAFTA ceremony since Captain Phillips because I wanted to see Barkhead Abdi. Uh, I wanted to see his acceptance speech. I haven't watched watched it live since I was in England because that was the only way I could actually watch it live. Hmm, There you go. And even then it wasn't live, live, live. But uh, in terms of the awards themselves, what they gave out, it was a nail biter for Power of the Dog. Like they must have been sweating because, I mean, they just were they lost all the techs. Right. They lost the acting categories. Then they got to adapted screenplay and that went to Coda. Which shocked me that people were shocked by that. And not, I mean, not anything against Power of the Dog, which I obviously love. But when I think of Power of the Dog, I think of like, you know, Jane Campion and the performances and the sweeping landscape and the, you know, the beauty and the tech. And when I think of Coda, I do think more about lines from the script. You know? I think it's just the audience that really uh, yes. was surprising because the Brits of anyone would go for Power of the Dog. Um, and five of the last six adapted screenplay winners at BAFTA have gone on to win the Oscar. And the one that did not was because Moonlight was nominated an original screenplay before it got the switcheroo at Oscar to adapted. Hmm. So, yeah. So this. So boding well for Coda, which will probably also win the WGA on Sunday. Yes. Because um, it's not even up against Power of the Dog. It's Yep. And Power of the Dog's not there. Also, Belfast isn't there. And I don't Licorice. think Belfast is a threat, but I know you do. Well, I mean, I, I, I think they're top three. And again, preferential ballot. Like, Oh, no, I'm so sorry. Put. I meant for WGA. Oh, it's not nominated there. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So, well, then it's Licorice. definitely not a threat. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, listen, Don't Look Up could spoil. Like, I guess yes, in you're theory. Right. You're right. Yeah, in theory it could happen. But, yes, it, it should be an easy get for Licorice Pizza and Coda. And even though Power of the Dog isn't present, it is momentum regardless whether people know that or not. So it's just going to be another win, a big win for Coda. And now, you know, and it wasn't nominated for best film at BAFTA, which is significant. The last movie to win best picture without a BAFTA for best film nomination at minimum was million dollar baby, which did, didn't even come out in time. Right. Right. It was a so list. you have to go back to Braveheart in 95 which also kind of doesn't count because that's when the Baptist took place after the Oscars. And Braveheart kind of broke a lot of rules because wasn't that the year that um, Apollo 13 won everything going Apollo into the ceremony? Th- like uh, ensemble, well, Apollo 13 director, won and PGA. PGA. Oh, I thought it won yeah, PGA, it was, too. Uh, did it win PGA? I don't remember. It might have won think that it, year. I think it won the top three, so it was like a done deal, and then Braveheart yeah. surged from behind. And it was the first year of SAG Awards, so then it was like you know kicking that off. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, listen, I think and I wrote the piece uh, afterwards, especially after uh, doing DGA with Michael Schneider, uh, which I made a long straw from the table to the press room <laughs> to give him wine. And let me tell you, girls, the bougiest thing that Michael Schneider has ever done is yes, yes, for a drink. And Clayton Davis is a friend. Yeah. So he goes and brings him some white wine. But Michael Schneider prefers red wine. Yeah, yeah. Can I do that? Can I get some red wine, please? <laughs> <laughs> so people thought Clayton Davis was just an alcoholic, <laughs> pouring glasses and then getting up and walking to the bathroom and coming back with no cup in his hand. Just out of curiosity, why did you bring him white in the first place? The default should always be red. 
it was just what was in front of me. I like didn't even like think to like like grab. So I was just like, because oh, this is the best story. Because I was sitting there with Questlove and the Summer of Soul table. Then documentary came, Questlove lost, and he had to go to BAFTA. Oh, <laughs> so he left to BAFTA, and then it was wow. Clayton Davis sitting at a table of ten by himself <gasps> with a bunch of wine, <laughs> with a bunch of wine and food. Clayton and has no friends. Yeah, had no friends. <laughs> at least you got fed at the DGA. I mean, Mike got fed too. He got fed. I stuff. thought those sandwiches. I mean, it was it was the, it was the fire fest. It was the, the DGA fire fest. But uh, you know, I did have uh, cold cuts and a bag of chips. So. You could have. And, and, and then he said, "There's water." And then he went, "Wait, never mind. The water's empty." <laughs> <You know? laughs> the and then they never bothered to refill the water. So I need to correct you. Those were not cold cuts. Those were finger sandwiches that they charge Ooh. very, very high for their afternoon teas. Oh. oh my gosh! But you could have had green hummus and and three slices of bread if you were another ceremony the next day. Yeah. Hey, I well, was at true. a wedding and I was eating um, cake monkey. So I think I win the night. I, I think monkey, you do. Wait, monkey bread? No, it's called Cake Monkey. They do like basically fancy ding-dongs and rollos and, um, you know, oh. it's basically like really cool hostess things, but like homemade. High-end Twinkies. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's, yeah, high-end Twinkie is also my username. <laughs> so here's a million-dollar do- million question now. After Power of the Dog had this fantastic weekend, winning DGA, BAFTA, and Critics' Choice, some people... On social media, where you can always have nice, thoughtful, Nuanced. meaningful conversations, nuanced people listening to one another. Yeah, the most <laughs> pleasant conversations on people are just the open to different possibilities and so yeah. complimentary about your weight. Uh, oh yes, they're oh, oh. yes. I, lo- the, I love the they're, weight. They're ones. they're kind. They are so kind. Yeah, <laughs> I'm feeling thin. Um, so I I believe, and I laid this out. I believe if the power do- power of the dog does. When best picture it is not a picture director only kind of night. It just that it it doesn't compute. Like I know it, it won exactly that at BAFTA, but it doesn't compute in my head. No, whatever wins PGA is going to be my pick for Oscar. I've already been on record with that. Like I I don't know what this year is going to bring us. I think Coda wins in a sweep, and by sweep, it's only nominated for three things. So I think it has to win all three. Only nominated for three. How many Oscar nominations yeah. do you have, Clayton? I have four. <laughs> Take that. (laughs) Yes, thank you. I hold many records. Um, And then I think Power of the Dog needs screenplay to go along with it. And then if it is Belfast, it starts with original screenplay. And if if that's losing to Licorice Pizza, I don't think Belfast wins. So everyone has like their little pathway. And just to give some historical context, the last movie to win picture and director only at the end of the night was Frank Capra's You can't take it with you in 1938. Wow. That's how far we are going back. Are you at all concerned that Belfast didn't take home anything from the BAFTAs except best British film? It took British. I mean, am I concerned? Sure. I mean, like, I'm not concerned because I'm not concerned for anyone's awards campaigns. But yeah, I mean, right now, I think it's an arguably number three. I think you have to say something. I don't think it's a three that can't win. But right, I do think right. it's just number three. Well, I've, anything could win. You could make a case for pretty much any of these movies. Yeah. I do believe that if it's not winning original screenplay, it's not winning anything. And then it's going 0 for 7. That's rough. Uh, but but also, I will say, I have a hard time. If you think it's Coda, and I think Coda has to do all three, 
are we, I mean, I guess we're going to pick Jane Campion for director. And I think it's only winning director if it does. And then we're talking about it's the next Mike Nichols for The Graduate, 1967, which also kind of doesn't make sense to me. And then, but then that would get into some sticky territory. And then we're talking about the movie going over 12 being the biggest Oscar loser of all time. I don't see that happening. Yeah. And I, and I don't, I, yeah. So I think we're just in a Mike Nichols zone. I think at minimum it's one, but at max, I think it's four. So I guess maybe cinematography squeaks I think it's, in. I think squeaks in. I think it's a, uh, I think it's a huge contender for cinematography. Um, but obviously, you know, Greg Frazier tough to compete with. Yeah. Let's, can we talk about Dune for a minute, though? How many is Dune? At minimum, I think it's five. Wow, really? I think it's production, cinematography, uh, sound, visual effects, score. And then it's and it's 50-50 in the others. I think it's going to sneak through in editing, which is why I really? put it at six. I don't think so, because it lost two races on, yeah. on Sunday. I can see that. And it was yeah. nominated against no, non-editing nominees beat it. This weekend. Yeah. So I think I'm just going King Richard. I'm tempted to go King Richard or Tick, Tick, Boom. Because let me tell you, the way, Tick, Tick, Boom, I mean, well, they're both, everything in that category is is well edited. But Tick, Tick, Boom, and I don't, this is going to sound like a negative and it's not intended as one. It has the showiest editing. Yes. Uh, you're, yes, you're referring to most editing, which happens yes. a lot. And that's why Don't Look Up is also a threat there, too. Well, and also Hank Corwin is a god amongst editors and has never won. Yeah. So, yeah, editing is I just feel like it's not I, I it sucks to say because I love Joe Walker and I want him to have his moment. But I think I think it just well, might he be King will Richard. he have his moment because it's not going to be broadcast live oh. when it happens. <laughs> It'll still it be on be the telecast. The it will be on the telecast. <laughs> OK, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> um, let's talk about Jane Campion's weekend. It was quite a roller coaster. <laughs> Can I tell you what um, a friend who probably doesn't want credit for this said to me? Yeah. Um, he said, uh, J- uh, Sam Elliott began with Mark Marin and ended with Mark Malkin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a tale of the Marks. But yeah, so yeah. On, at the DGAs on, on Saturday night, I ran into Mark Malkin right after he was on the carpet with Jane Campion, and he was giddy. I love yeah, seeing Mark giddy. Malkin I giddy. Saw him. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Malkin, when he gets things like that, like I've never seen anyone as happy as him yeah. at that Mark, moment. Yeah. Mark's like, Mike, I just talked to Jane Campion, and she just called Sam Elliott B I T C H, and just a grin on his face. Like it's like I got to get to, I got to get this online. I need to edit this right. This, and sure enough, like it just it blew up, and uh, yeah. Um. So so Jane Campion, the hero of the world on Saturday, and then comes. <laughs> Sunday. Now, Clayton, you were there, right? You, were I, you? I was. I was there. You're I was in the room. at Venus and Serena's table. Oh, so okay. when she said it, I turned around and looked, and they looked engaged in the conversation, reading it in the room, and I can understand the criticism of the perception of what she said. I feel this is Clayton Davis' personal opinion. You know, not that it matters. I feel Jane Campion is just not like she's very cool, but she's also just like she's not like a I don't say like a normal like I won't say normal like she's weird like she's just not like a like a cool girl from school like she just a she frequent a quirky, public speaker she, she's like yeah. that too yeah, yeah. she she she's a she has a quirky personality it's what we love most about her 
I knew what she was going for. I don't think it landed. <laughs> and I think she got a, a botchy setup of it and it came. It was a little awkward. I, it wasn't as bad as the internet made it out to be. But as I watched it back, I was like, Ooh, I can see why people would be upset by this. When people applauded her. Sorry. People applauded her in the room. Like when she said it, they were applauding her. It wasn't. Cause I think we got what she was trying to say. Yeah, right. but I remember in the moment I was like, okay. Like I, like it took me a second. I was like, Oh, you're saying that. And then I was like, okay. And then it was like, cool. But I could see definitely why she got flagged. But listen, I think she, Handled a little, I, I'm glad she released a statement about it because you could easily just like stay quiet on it and just like like oh these people are just being like you know overly sensitive. But I think she said sorry. You no, know, it didn't mean to minimize. You know, like not really a good look. But I don't think it costs her anything, and I don't think that Oscar voters be like I'm not going to vote for her because yeah. she's a Venus and Serena. It was like, clearly the, off the cuff, and yeah, you know, like she sort of stumbled over it, and yeah. I mean, like, yeah, not, not the best look in the moment, but appreciated the apology, got what she was going for. All right. I think. Yeah. 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 And we've all we've all we've all been there. We've all like oh, done public never. speaking and sometimes, yeah, just the sloppy like it, it's in your head. You think it's clever and then you sort of sloppily say it and you realize <laughs> I did not. I did not yeah. do this well. And also. Yeah. This was not well thought out. And, and you know, at these, especially at these award shows, oh, maybe I had a drink, you know? And, and yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, not you, because they only had white wine. Oh. <laughs> and water. Ooh. And water. Yeah. But, and she's also not, she's not a performer, you know? She's not someone who right. is accustomed to public speaking. I would say Jane Campion has overperformed this season in terms of, like, the amount of, like, press. This is the most press she's ever done. Ever. Yeah, and it still like, isn't much, honestly. Yeah, compared yeah, to other people. Yeah, in comparison to others, yeah, like other people are everywhere. Like she's like you know, she, I think she's handling it well. I think she people she's revered. They, people love her. It's kind of her moment. You know, she'll have it. it, it one of the most beautiful things at DGA um, after my kids graduated college because we got to, that's when we got to this part um, of the ceremony. It was, <laughs> long. It, it was decades long. Yes. Um, was watching Chloe Zhao hand her the award for the DGA. It was, I, we've never seen a former woman director winner. A former winner. woman. <laughs> a former, a former <laughs> still, director, still a woman. Still a woman. A former woman. <laughs> yeah, no. A former uh, DGA winner that's a woman handed to a new DGA winner yeah. that's a woman. Yeah, because you know, she's that, only the third. Um, yeah, she's only in the history. third. And the other one so. was in the room. Catherine Bigelow was there that night. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's 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 cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's gonna kind of just blow over. I, she apologized. I think we're I think we're kind of already over it. Like, yeah, with, I think by this. the time this podcast airs, we will be so over it that people will be like, "Why are you still talking about that?" Yeah. Well, let's yeah. go back and just enjoy her calling Sam Elliott a bitch. That's that's still <laughs> which, fun. by the way, I think the Sam Elliott thing has helped power the dog. I, I like, oh, one thousand percent. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. But again, PGA is the key. What are you predicting for PGA then? Let's go. I am predicting the Oscar winner for PGA. So what the <laughs> okay. PGA? I don't know. What are, you, what are you guys doing? I'm thinking it's Power of the Dog, but I could be swayed, Dakota. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going st- to stick with my gut, which has been the whole season. I felt like Power of the Dog, which, and listen, 
this Clayton Davis saying it as his number two film of the year because people love to say that like I hate Power of the Dog my number two and if this is a real if I was an Oscar voter it would be my number one because my number one wasn't nominated so I always think it would struggle on a preferential ballot and I'm gonna stick with that gut check on that and I'm gonna say that the Coda momentum helped and I think Coda proves its thing. But I also think I was talking to Kyle Buchanan about this. He says, maybe we're overthinking it and it's just Belfast. Like we, we we're just back where we started after Telluride. Like we're just like, we did this with Nomadland. A lot of people, well, I didn't, but a lot of other people did this. With well, we had a long time to think about it. I know people were <laughs> looking for like, what, what, you know, if it's not Nomadland and we just were like, Okay, guys, it's Nomadland, especially after PGA. So I think that's, that could be it, too. But I think, I think I'm a pretty coda. I want to say Belfast. The only thing stopping me from Belfast, and that is my favorite film of the year, is that people – I don't know if people have seen it. Like, people, you don't think I, people have seen Belfast? I, I don't think people have seen it. It's been out there it. a long time. I know it's been out there a long time, but more people have seen Coda. I just don't – I would argue people have – the least seen of those three are power is power of the dog. Oh, yeah. I don't know about that. I mean, it was number one on I, Netflix, I, wasn't it? Well, I was, I was saying like of the, well, I was, I mean, of Oscar voters, I've spoken to some Oscar voters that like, obviously that loved it. And then I've spoken to many that say they didn't finish it. Yeah. That's my concern. It was funny. Somebody asked me just yesterday. They were like, did you really like power of the dog? And I was like, yes, of course I did. I've done that a lot, too. Like, there's, yeah. like, a shame that comes with it. Like, you like Power of the Dog? Like, yes, I did. And then they basically admit to me that they haven't finished it. And I was like, you... Then finish it. I, I know <laughs> that, like, you know, it is a slow burn, and I don't mean that in a negative. Like, it all builds up to something and pays Which off. Which is why I think Cody's losing, because if people aren't finishing it, they're not getting why Cody's great. Right. Yeah, right. and it could also be because Troy Kotzer has, has swept all the precursor awards. I think Troy, I, yeah, so to that PGA, I'm going to go for Coda and Troy sees it. Troy takes it home at the end of the day. People love him. Can I also just add here, like, just this is going to be my one, like, kind of gloat. I hugged Daniel Durant on the red carpet on Sunday from Coda, who plays his son, Amelia Jones's brother. And that man, first of all, gives great hugs and is such a thirst trap. And people like he he is like people are in love with him on the carpet and he's all over Twitter and he's going to be I think he's going to be like a thing like or he's kind of already a thing, but he's going to be like a bigger thing. I think in the next like, year or two, he oozes charm like there's something if like there's something it, yeah. about when he looks at me like he looks at my soul like I feel weak and I'm like, what are you doing, man? Clayton's <laughs> like, got a crush. I'm like, oh, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, this, I'm not saying Oscar. anything. It's very Oscar Isaac-y of him, and I'm, like, looking at him differently. I did a Q&A with him, and I, with all of them, and I kept going back to him. I just couldn't yeah. take my eyes off of him. They're yes, delightful. there is that Oscar Isaac vibe to him. Yeah, he's very... Yeah. Oh, and by the way, we just have to mention, by the way, just as we go up, William Hurt. <gasps> that was... Lost William Hurt. That's it. <laughs> That's just it. Acknowledge. Just want to acknowledge. So, Mike, what are you predicting for uh, PGA? Go ahead. I'll go with whatever Mike predicts. Mike's seen yeah. some of the movies. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think you make an interesting point about Power of the Dog in that if people didn't finish watching it, it means they were watching it at home. And I think that definitely does do a disservice to watching this film because I had the chance to see it on the big screen. I think that makes oh, a yeah. huge difference. Oh, it really to see does. 
just that I mean how it's shot and just the beautiful like how it looked and so I thought it I thought it looked great the performances were fantastic I think I need to watch it a second time to understand everything but that's because (laughs) I'm slow Uh, so who who was your favorite of the cast Oh, he has children. Um, you can't ask oh. him to choose. No, it, it is I, hard. To, I, I you know him. what? I have. I, I I love me some Jesse Plemons. Isn't he there, great? That's the right answer. Yes. That's the right answer. I just you know I've always loved me some Jesse Plemons, and I continue to. Um, I had a dream, by the way. By the way, I'll tell you this: after we saw the movie, I saw the movie with my wife, and and again, shout out to Maria since she listens to the podcast. But uh, I had a dream that she was like calling me, like like telling me that I was like overweight and I like I was like fatty, fat, fat because I think you know that's what uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's character says to poor Jesse Plemons, and you feel so bad for Jesse Plemons. Jesse and Plemons so, is doing do just fine. Do you see? Do you see Maria as your? My Burbank. I know. Life. What is this about? <laughs> I don't know. This is wow. this is getting too deep Maria, now. Maria, <laughs> if you're listening and you need help, let us know. <laughs> oh my god! Your wife is like the nicest person in the universe. She is the nicest and person she in the world. To imagine her, she saying, might be the nicest, the nicer than Jazz, which is pretty damn nice. <laughs> and yeah, but have you looked at her Jazz's porch? That is true. There are bodies oh, there. Also, by the way, that we might have just also got a signal that whoever Mike marries is going to kill Maria because if that's the Phil oh, Burbank, hey, oh, don't I give don't her a rope. I don't think you should be spoiling no. those. Don't give her Whoa. Bad, I, know, yeah. I know. It's been out for a really long time. <laughs> it's on but. Netflix, guys. Like, stop. <laughs> like, watch it. But what Not if somebody spoiling. was like, oh, I wasn't going to watch Power of the Dog, but after they spoke about it, well, now I guess I don't well, need to. Well, well, listen, Bruce Willis comes in the end, and then it becomes the Shyamalan universe. It's really a split sequel. If double only. double the shout out to my wife, because she got the ending first, as we were oh, leaving wow. the theater. Did she? she and, and she was like, so, like, I, I, I won't repeat it, but, and then I had like that light bulb, like, and she didn't read the book? Right. No. I figured that's where oh. it was leading, but I didn't know how. Okay, she know? needs to work for us because so many people <laughs> okay. so have called, have called, being like, "Wait, like so many I people didn't have get seen the, the movie." Yeah, I, well, right? I went and read the book just to double check, and even that was kind of vague. Can I give you a really fun fact? And I'm going to try to say it un, as unspoilery as possible. The one thing that Jane Campion didn't bring from the book to the movie, the reason why person does what they do at the end in the book is because um main person <laughs> shamed their father at a bar uh for saying their son was gay and then that's why they kill themselves okay. dun, dun, dun. And it's Bruce okay. Willis who comes in with that reveal so his something if you haven't yet seen the power of the dog and i think we've said this before the clue is in the voiceover at the beginning yeah Pay attention oh, yeah. to the voiceover and then there are other clues no throughout. you can rediscover that that part's but, cool. that's that's what i, that's I and, and reading up on the movie after i realized like yeah you do need a second watch to sort of get that and and then i think it sounds like you sort of it it, it definitely explains a lot more the second time around yeah so but are you guys going to go watch uh, Joanna Scanlon now? Because BAFTA winner, I've Joanna I've seen it Scanlon. already. Thank you very much. And she's fantastic. <laughs> you called I, it. I a very deserved win. I did not vote for her. 
Oh, that's right. You're a BAFTA voter. I am a BAFTA, a BAFTA voter. I, I, I am a BAFTA voter. <laughs> Can you tell us who you did vote for? Uh, I voted for oh, Tessa Thompson because my favorite lead oh, actress. Right. Of the year. Tessa was nominated yes. there. Yeah. I knew she wasn't going to win, but yes, I voted. Does this mean you can get a British passport, Clayton? Uh, probably not. I don't think they Why want you. Why don't you marry Jazz? Uh, okay. My wife can't even get one. So really, no, we have to. We have to live in the UK. Well, they already, but... they already expelled you. Why would they let you <laughs> Be crazy. Just putting it out there. If anyone needs a green card, marriage. I think I'm the only one amongst us who is who is unwed. Wow, and then we could turn that into a reality show, Janelle, and, and <laughs> oh really like uh, our spinoff podcast. The new odd couple. <laughs> da, 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 da. There is a show called 90 Day Fiance. We could really just put this out there like right now. I'm up for it. Must love dogs is the only requirement. Must love dogs? Yes. Oh, they'll get you a cat person then. Oh, That's got to bring God. the drama. Can't have you be in love. Don't worry. All right. Uh, yeah. Several spinoff ideas for this podcast. Well, All right, on that note, let's head off into the sunset. It's super hot in our offices right now, so I need to open my door, which means... Like, like closing this door is torture. Clayton and I work at the sauna. I don't know if you know that, but we we actually, we're we're at the sauna. So, Um, well, thanks, guys. Janelle, Jazz, Clayton. See you next week. After the break, director Denny Villeneuve. From Los Angeles, this is the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. It's the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, and I'm Clayton Davis. The most shocking snub of the Oscar nominations was Denny Villeneuve's omission from the Best Director category for his science fiction epic, Dune. The film's 10-nomination haul includes Best Picture and Adapted Screenplay. The latter was perceived to be its most difficult to attain, and yet Villeneuve's lack of recognition for Best Director could rally widespread support from the Academy membership and could result in the film tying or even surpassing a 50-year record held by 1972's Cabaret which set a record at the 45th Academy Awards for the most Oscars won on the night without winning Best Picture. Villeneuve's adaptation of Frank Herbert's seminal sci-fi novel, Dune stars Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, and Zendaya. What if I'm not dead? Not what? The future of House Atreides. I told my father I didn't want this either. I wanted to be a pilot. You never told me that. Your grandfather said, a great man doesn't seek to lead. He's called to it. And he answers. And if your answer is no, You'll still be the only thing I ever needed you to be. 
my son. Distributed by Warner Brothers, Dune is nominated in production design, cinematography, costume design, film editing, makeup and hairstyling, sound, visual effects, and original score. In addition, Villeneuve himself received two nominations as co-writer for Adapted Screenplay and as a co-producer for Best Picture. I recently spoke with Villeneuve about the film and its Oscar attention. We began by discussing how this is now his third major go at the Oscars, following his nomination for Arrival in 2017. I feel, as a filmmaker, you know, being a, a film director, and you, you work with a team, uh, and, and uh, you owe everything to your team, but still, it's a lonely job in some ways. And, and uh, those moments, those, uh, the award season, is, what I love about it is that first, it, it, it put the spotlight on the people who are working on the shadows, uh, all the, 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 the artists that work uh, uh, in, in all teams, but uh, also it, it allowed me to meet my, uh, my colleagues, the other directors, screenwriters, etc. And, and uh, it's always like uh, having the feeling to be part, part of a large family. And that, that's the, so those multiple invitations is just a, I feel a little bit less an imposter. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, listen, uh, I'm, there's a lot of them that I'm so glad you've met and you continue to work with because it kind of feels like the Beatles of movie making at the moment, you know, cause I, you're not allowed to make movies without Greg Frazier anymore. I'm just going to tell you right off the bat. Like, I, I don't think I can physically accept it because <laughs> you and Greg Frazier make beautiful imagery together. And he's also just super talented. Um, but a lot I, of what, yeah, sorry, I totally, I totally agree. And, and uh, a producer, uh, uh, said on set uh, that, that, uh, he thought we were bringing the best of each other together, and uh, Greg is a is a absolutely great artist, but it's also a fantastic collaborator and became a close friend. And yeah, it's a, it's a, I'm happy you are saying so because it's also a relationship that I would like to I would like it to grow in time. Yeah, definitely. Do you guys argue about soccer sometimes? Do you ever get into? Uh, I know I would not. I, I will no. Don't go there with the Australian. I mean, I would not. Yeah, uh, I, I, just, I didn't that. know there's certain, certain things. That are off limits, <laughs> there's things. You know? There's things you don't talk about with uh, with. It's uh, <laughs> incredible. Um, but I mean, let's talk about the reception of the film. You know, it, it came out in October, uh, in theaters, uh, it, it, and same day. I would say that your message of having to see this film on the big screen resonated and got out everywhere. And the reason why I say that is I was lucky enough to moderate like three or four Q and A's for you and your team, various people throughout the season, the worst of which was Oscar Isaac, just by the way, it was the worst one because he's just a troublemaker. <laughs> but uh, when this I, when is... I, yeah, I, it was after the movie that came out, and I did it on the Warner lot and that seats like 500 people. And every single time it was full, mm. like people were just coming every single time. So I credit a lot of the message of we need to save the movie theater to you and uh, to your film. Do you, I mean, obviously, can you speak to that about the importance of the movie theater experience versus, you know, just accepting that streaming is uh, another 
place to watch it. I was in New York two days ago to do my last official Q&A with Dune and, and the theater was full. I was amazed that all those months and weeks that uh, people are still want to, I think that's because there's an appetite for the big screen experience. I mean, of course, the pandemic was like uh, horrible for, for uh, theaters and, and the owners of theaters, and but there's like a true appetite in the public. We, it's, it's, there's nothing that can beat the, the theater experience. The, the, the sound system, the, the size of the image. And it's, it's like, it's something that uh, it's truly for me, part of the language. And uh, I, I uh, of course, the, the, and uh, since I'm born, I'm hearing that the cinema will die. That's the end of cinema. I heard that about five or six times that, okay, that's it. It's done. It will prevail again. It's just that we need to find a, a common ground with streaming, streaming, which is a fantastic uh, a way of watching movies, but for me, it's more a, a way to it, like a, uh, what the the video club were. I mean, the, the when you were renting a, a VHS or, or a Blu-rays at, at, at a video store, at, at, it's 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 the idea of to revisit the history of cinema or revisit movies that you've loved. But uh, um, definitely, the idea of experiencing. Uh, one emotion and feeling as one as a as a group of people is, is part of the human experience we need that we are not we are not as human be, being we are not designed to be isolated i mean we are a, a, a healthy a human being is someone that is experiencing things with with other people that's what i think yeah absolutely uh, thank, and thank you for that. and when people i've heard the whole cinema is dying thing which people just love to say i always feel like you know it's like someone coming in here and saying like painting is dying or sculpting is dying. Like art is dying. There's always like art saved us during the pandemic. And I, I just feel like it's a, it's a hot, it's like a, just a hot take to take when you're having the discussion, like also oh, is dying, but like, no, it's not like, there's no, there's no evidence of that. The way we consume it will change, but cinema itself is not dead and people no, are, are going to let that happen. The, uh, the language uh, is, uh, I think that there's a democratization of of, uh, of the tools as well. I mean, I think it's absolutely fantastic that a kid can take an iPhone mm -hmm. and you can make an old movie on your iPhone and edit it and, and do the post almost on it and, and then put it on, on, on the internet. And it's like, a, it's a, but the thing is, I think again, that ultimately, uh, the best way to to watch movies uh, by far is, is still in theaters, and it, it will it will uh, endure the test of time. In ten years, we will still uh, go watching. Uh, the, the notion of event also it's, it's there's so many things. Uh, uh, I don't believe that the movie the movies will uh, just being exclusively being distributed on on streaming. That mm. that uh, it it's we since the beginning of of, of uh, this art form when the movies were only uh, uh, broadcasted on television when there was things as done, designed as TV movies. They didn't have the resonance or the impact or some of them, of course, I mean, you think about Duel from Spielberg. I mean, there's always exceptions, but I'm just saying that overall, cinema is designed for theaters. Yep. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, looking at Dune, uh, because I'm the awards editor, I love stats and facts. Uh, 
I'm sure your team may have told you this in case you're not aware. You are the sixth movie in Oscar history to get nominated in every single technical category for your artisans. Um, first one being Titanic and the most the two most recent were Mad Max Fury Road and The Revenant. Uh, that is indicative of your team, but more so it's indicative of the direction uh, the director, the person that's at the helm that respects those artisans and really uh, navigates them through this journey with you. What has been your uh, response to the Academy Awards, some of the technical and artisan categories being pre-recorded and not live as they normally are? I will say this. When people talk about, if I may talk about technical or or, or uh awards for me it's not technical they are all artistic the, the sound design is an art form i mean i mean the editing is the most important art form of cinema and we are not talking about cinematography or all it's all art form even makeup it's an art form i mean it's a, it's all about art so and the beauty uh, of uh, of uh, the academy awards is to as i said earlier to put the spotlight on people who usually work in the shadows and uh, so I thought it was like, uh, um, um, in French, I will say, decision regrettable. It means it's a, it's a, it's a sad decision that I, did, they, I think that they throw the baby with the bathwater. <laughs> That's what I feel. I understand that they are under tremendous pressure. I understand that uh, the Oscar are, are, in a way, victim, uh, victims of, of the, um, the fact that the broadcasting TV is, is uh, slowly fading away. But... Uh, uh, it's you cannot uh, go away from the nature of academy awards in, in order to get more people to watch it. it's it's it is it it must be a show where every single uh, 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 um, art form is, is celebrated and uh, i think that it's a regrettable decision thank you um listen i i know you're a very upstanding grateful guy but i do need to say this uh, you did receive two Academy Award nominations yourself this year for producing one, as one of the producers on Dune and uh, for one of the co-writers uh, for Adapted Screenplay on what was, quote unquote, the unadaptable <laughs> book and unadaptable story. However, you were not nominated for Best Director and many of us, including myself, I'll speak for myself, one of the greatest Oscar snubs maybe in the last like 25, 30 years. Very, surpri <laughs> very surprising. Like the jaw dropper of the day was the, the, Denis Villeneuve not having his name called in that category. I, I will tell you this. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's, um, uh, it's better to be in that position than the opposite. I prefer people saying you should have been instead of what the hell are you doing there? So it's like, and, and, uh, I will say that uh, uh, all the award season, uh, I mean, I'm not making movies to get uh, award uh, recognition. I mean, it's not the goal. If you do that for that goal, you're not walking in, a, in the right path. And in my humble opinion, it's a, I, I make cinema because I deeply love the, the, the art form of cinema. I love making movies. And when there's a, a recognition after, it's... it's um, of course, it's a, it's a, it's a blessing and it's a plus. But I will say, uh, um, there's a voice inside me saying that it's good to stay hungry, day to 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 have, and 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 uh, as a film director, it's good. I think that I, I will be able to direct movies 
um, as long as I will feel that I can be better. So I can be better. That I, that's what I, it is telling me. And I will say that uh, if you had told me a year ago that we will get 10 nominations, including Best Picture, I will let start to laugh. I will say, are you out of your mind? I mean, it's because we did, I didn't do Dune to get recognition at the Academy Awards. And it's a very bad idea to make a, 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 an adaptation of a book that uh, is supposed to be super hardcore difficult to do. And it's a sci-fi movie. Usually sci-fi don't have the, the quote, the, 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 how do I say that in English? Sorry. The, yeah, they, they, they don't translate with the Academy. They, are, they have a bias against sci-fi. Yes. So honestly, to have 10 nominations, honestly, the only thing I can say is thank you to the gods of cinema, thank you to the Academy, and to drink a glass of champagne to celebrate. That's the only thing I can <laughs> It's amazing. Thank you. Oh, man. Um, I have a, a few just like fun uh, rattle off questions. Um, you know, a lot of film geeks like revere you and love you. What is uh, what is the movie film like? What is it that you get the most questions about uh, from people about whether it's Dune or, you know, any any type of movie that you've made? Do you get like a lot of, you know, fanboy questions? I think that uh, a movie that not not questions but but people give me a lot of appreciation regarding a movie like Arrival mm. and and Incendie as well. I will say though though the, the but most precisely Arrival and and Dune. Those are the the, the Dune obviously for obvious reason it just came <laughs> out. Yep. But but uh, uh, no, my last three movies I will say are the movies that are are bringing uh, still uh, which is great for me because it means that. Uh, I didn't fade. I'm not in a fade out uh, mode. <laughs> yeah, yep. that is true. A, as a film director, you know, you, you are, there's always this fear when you're, you will stop being relevant or you will lose it. You know, I'm not there yet. <laughs> okay. Got it. Uh, what, you know, you're about to get into Dune 2 or, or in Dune 2. What scene or animal or anything from Dune 2 is stressing you out the most uh, that you have to get right on screen? Because I know that sandworms obviously were a big thing for part one. Is there anything that's stressing yeah, you out? Yeah, but two? guess what? Uh, uh, there's a scene in part two involving sandworms that is going to be one of the beautiful challenge of my life. And I know that if I do it right, that's going to be the scene mm -hmm. <laughs> and I did the storyboards and I'm, I'm really excited about it. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's one of my favorite scenes that I think I'm born. I was born to direct that scene. I mean, it's like a, and, and uh, we are having massive meetings right now with my film crew saying, Oh, the hell we will accomplish that. Yeah. That, that, that is like, a, it's, it's, a, it's what I love about it. It is it, honestly, I can say uh, it's, it's pure cinema. So I'm, I'm um, deeply uh, excited to uh, to go there, but it's going to be a, a great challenge. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, Greg Frazier in an interview recently said he wants to do a musical, and I want to know if Denis Villeneuve wants to do a musical. I had, uh, I would. Uh, it's something you know. It's a very difficult genre, uh, uh, but I, I will be open. I will be open to do a musical, and you know what? A, a very uh, secret old secret of mine would be to do a dark comedy. I would love, I, uh, 
if Adam McKay could write to me a dark comedy, something uh, dark, dark and funny, and <laughs> political, I don't, it's yeah. something like that. I should not say that, but yes, I would love, yeah. I would love to to one day to turn and and do something totally different. I, I it would be a, it would be good for my mental sanity. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, is there any musical that you love, like from your childhood, that you yeah, you would wouldn't mind taking up? There's a show that I, I don't think that is uh, known in the United States that is very, very famous in, in France and in Quebec. And, and it's like a, 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 a musical written by Luc Plamondon and the title is Starmania. And, and it's like the music is, is uh, absolutely, uh, and the lyrics, it's, it's beautiful. And it's something maybe because it belongs to my childhood. It could be one that, uh, I don't know, it has never been made on, on screen, but uh, it's a, it, it, it has always been an old dream of mine. Go ahead, make it. I give you permission. You can make whatever you want. Like I, I green light whatever, whatever you want to I'm okay with. I, I run Hollywood now. So I'm just, I'm just gonna green light everything you want to do. That that, so that's that's that would be paradise, huh? All right, exactly right. Um, awesome. So listen. Uh, also, in relation to Dune Two, uh, you have two up and comers, Zendaya and Florence Pugh. No one knows who they are. You know, we're all getting to know them. They're becoming big stars at the moment. Uh, but everyone's so excited for them. And obviously I'm kidding because they're the best. Um, what can you tell us about what will be in store for us with these two women, these two characters that are going to be leading the charge on this, uh, this franchise? But I would say this. Uh, uh, first of all, uh, I, I'm happy to talk about Zendaya. Uh, Florence says, uh, I know there are rumors, uh, uh, but uh, things are not solidified. But uh, I will say that uh, I am a big fan of Florence. And uh, for Zendaya, I will say that um, part one was a promise. And, and I know that uh, we only saw a glimpse of, of Zendaya in, in part one, but the part two will definitely, she will have a prominent, prominent part, definitely. And, and we will follow uh, Timothy and, and Zendaya in their, their adventures in the desert. And uh, it's uh, I think that's the thing that excited me the most about going back on Arrakis is to meet again those characters that I love and to spend time again with uh, Anne Timothy and Zendaya and Rebecca and Javier. It's, Javier Bardem. it's just to be with them and, and other characters too that uh, uh, might uh, Appears, <laughs> and it's very exciting to 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 go to spend more time with those actors that I love. Yeah, awesome, great. Uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Is there any uh, inkling in you to make another one in the future? Because we ended with some good promise uh, at the end of that. Listen, it's a uh, Blade Runner is, is Ridley Scott uh, uh, universe, and uh, it was like uh, one. Of the great, great honor of my life to to uh, have the permission to visit is, uh, <laughs> but uh, um, I will say that it's it's uh, it's uh, it's a universe. It's a, it's a world that is very, very inspiring, and it would be difficult for me to to decline an invitation. But I'm not expecting one. <laughs> okay, got it. Uh, you have two uh, titles on your IMDb page, so I just thought I'd ask about them uh, that are supposed to come after uh, Dune Part 2. Rendez Rendezvous with Rama and Cleopatra. 
anything you can share about those little titles? Rendezvous with Rama. Uh, Rama is is uh, one of like Dune, one of my favorite novel uh, novel from Arthur C. Clarke, and it's Arrival on Steroids. I mean, it's really like a, a, a movie, an existential sci-fi movie, the kind of project that uh, I, I'm dreaming to do, uh, uh, and that uh, uh, we have the rights right now, and uh, we that we will. Uh, start to work on the screenplay soon. It's a very exciting project about Cleopatra. It's also an old project of mine, and it's like on the works. Both, both I, I, I would love... I don't like to be uh, attached to a lot of projects. Usually, I, I, I go one movie at a time. Um, but yes, definitely, uh, I can not talk too much about these projects, meaning they are not even born yet i mean it's like it's a i'm talking bird i'm talking about words on paper i mean i'm talking about that there's no screenplay so it's like a very delicate but i will say that uh, yes i would definitely love to to do another science fiction movie and for the first time uh, to do a period movie uh, to uh, i've always been fascinated by the the roman empire and and the it, the, the area of uh, the egypt of, of cleopatra and i think it's there's like a, the, the potential to make a movie that has not been seen before, something that will be completely different than anything that has been done. And, and uh, we have uh, some ideas that I'm pretty excited about. Awesome. And my final question, which is always the hardest one, but you are revered and respected by so many cinephiles like myself that love movies. And we see people like you that it bleeds from them when they're on screen or when you're just talking to them in person, you can see how much you love cinema. And one of the questions I always think it's important for young people to hear a little, you know, eight year old French Canadian kid is probably listening to this podcast right now and didn't really know that they could be a director, but they hear you and they're, they see a piece of themselves. Why is it you do what you do and you can't imagine doing anything else. Why do you love movies? It's a beautiful question. I think that uh, I came to movies through the idea of storytelling. Stories are always are a way for us to try to decipher the world, to understand what the hell how are we doing on this planet? And to try to, to make sense of all this. And, and uh, uh, cinema, for me, is by far the most powerful art form, the most immersive. The, the, it's something that is close to hypnotism. And, and uh, very early on, I, I, I did fell in love with this art form. And uh, I, I, I had no plan B. I wanted to be a filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No plan B for you. That, that I'm glad. Don't, don't even think about a backup plan because you wouldn't be allowed to do it. Because again, I run Hollywood. I would just say no. And, <laughs> and then that'd be it. Uh, listen, uh, listen, I, one, of, one of my great joys this season has been talking with you and your team. Uh, like very, very talented artists that I respect. Like my heroes. A lot of my heroes are 
that you've been working with for a long time, you know, Joe Walker, Greg Frazier, Mary Perrin, I like, I adore them all. So please. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very, very lucky uh, filmmaker. And uh, as a director, you need to have a lot of qualities, but I know that I have one of them. There's one, I, 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 I know the art of creating a nice team, a yeah. strong team. I'm, I'm working with the, among the best people in, in this business. And they are like uh, uh, beautiful human beings, but tremendous artists. And I'm lucky. I'm, every morning I wake up and I, I, uh, I uh, say thank you to life to have the chance to work with everybody you mentioned, all the, 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 the my group of people that are like, yeah. Well, and I'm very proud and I'm, I'm very deeply happy that they had been uh, uh, recognized by the Academy Awards. What we, the, the work they have done on Dune was not an easy one. I'm talking about like someone like Joe Walker. What mm. it's close to miracle because when you think about it, storytelling is not just the screenplay, it's not just the shooting, but more importantly, the editing. That, that what yeah. happened in the editing room for Dune is close to a miracle. And the movie owes a lot to Joe Walker, I will say this, and to Hans Zimmer as well, and to Greg Fraser, and to Patrice Vermette. And to Mark Mangini and Theo Green, I mean, and and, and to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if I'm. It's like it's like a, a, I work. I'm working with a, a beautiful team of artists. Yeah. Listen, release the Joe Walker cut. I know that's like a four-hour version. I want to watch it. So, <laughs> so Criterion, if you're listening, uh, we we we'll, we'll we'll take that. And Denis, good luck at the Academy Awards. I hope you wear Rebecca one of Rebecca Ferguson's uh, outfits from the movie because I think they would look really good on you. You, 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 I, 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 how come you guessed that? I, 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 it was a surprise. It's about, it's about which one, though. Listen, there are quite a few to choose from, so yeah. make sure you choose correctly. Jacqueline, again, you see, I, forgot, I knew I would have forget Jacqueline yeah. Watson Morgan. I mean, it's yeah. like you did fantastic costume. That's director Denis Villeneuve, whose film Dune is up for Best Picture. It's now streaming on HBO Max. That's it for this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Drew Griffith edited this episode and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit to find the latest Oscar predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Janelle Riley, and Michael Schneider, I'm Clayton Davis. See you on the circuit. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.